The Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. And we say good morning to Larissa Whaler, who's a public affairs strategist and Canadian-Ukrainian... Uh, I don't know how that comes out here. Why does it say Canadian-Ukrainian sanctioned by Russia? Why does it say that? Anyway, Larissa, good morning. I know who you are. Amanda Galbraith, the principal at Navigator. I, I'm having... I'm telling you, I'm having one of those days today. Morning. where you might think I'd been drinking, but I haven't, I promise. No. <laughs> Not even in the last no. 24 hours have I been drinking. Maybe Not you should start. Hours. Maybe I should. <laughs> Nick says maybe I should start drinking. Yeah, well, we'll get to somebody who should be drinking in a minute. That's Shelly Carroll as the budget chief. She should be drinking every day if she had that job. Anyway, Amanda Galbraith is here and Shelly Carroll is here. So good morning to you all. It's just one of those days. I'm just, you know, sort of... Larissa, tell me, why does it say Canadian-Ukrainian sanctioned by Russia? Have because you been named like me? I have been, yeah. John Excellent. likes to bring up every time I'm on, John leads with that. I didn't know that. So have you been named banned from Russia like I have? Yeah, like, I was banned um, pretty early on. Me too. It's my, pro- my one of my proudest days. I mean, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> hey, you and Amanda, you and Shelly should 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 aspire to be banned by Putin. This we're is not famous of, enough yet. Well, 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 we're yeah, for, we're, you're, you can work on it right here on this show, though. We're not scheduled to talk about it. You can just intervene and uh, and talk about it. Anyway, good morning to you all. And now, of course, I've lost the piece of paper that has. But anyway, I know. What, <laughs> you should see this desk here. It's, uh, I don't know. Um, this is not a surprise. And when you see the national polls that are taken and they've been fairly consistent in showing uh, the federal conservatives with a fairly commanding lead over the liberals. But, you know, what? when you break it down and start to look at seats, I mean, where the government is really in jeopardy, if you want to look at it in political terms, is uh, seat-wise, is in the two big cities where they have a lot of their support. That added to uh, Montreal, where they're not doing as badly. But the, the polls don't surprisingly show that that uh, sort of uh, malaise on their part is, uh, you know, just as acute in Toronto and Vancouver. And that spells big trouble, Amanda, for, uh, for, uh, for a government that's relied on on those seats to stay in office. Yeah, it has. And I think we've seen them try and maneuver to get the attention of those big cities. I know one of the topics tomorrow, this morning potentially is the this auto theft um, summit that they're doing, which I just think even the tactics of that explain why they might be where they are. Um, so I think, yeah, I think they're in trouble. Also, interestingly, in the two things that also jumped out to me was one, their erosion in the Maritimes, which has historically been other than I think kind of like Bulwark, GTA, Toronto for them has been a real like that's usually the last domino to fall and they're in danger of losing quite a few seats there. Also favored prime minister, Pierre Polyev, 35 something percent. Um, the prime minister is at like 21 or 22. So, you know, these numbers are not, uh, it's not good news for the liberals. That is for sure. Now, Larissa, I'm one of those who said repeatedly in my commentary that I do on CTV and here, you know, it's still a long way from the election and the worst position to be in is to be way ahead when there's still a long way to go because you only have one way to go down. But what it seems happens with them is every time they do something, and whether you think a car theft summit is a good idea or a bad idea, it, it focuses on that kind of a story that is of concern to people. But every single time they do something like that, there's another story that's competing with that one in the news. And today it's about the Trudeau Foundation, other days about his vacation, days before that about, you know, uh, just stuff that shouldn't be in the news if you're trying to discipline this whole thing. And then that's a big part of their problem. Yeah, you know, a, a, a few thoughts on this one. If I was, and I'm not, a partisan liberal or a liberal staffer or a member of his cabinet, I'd be really frustrated that when you're trying to put out, say, real policy like like this auto theft summit, you're distracted by sloppiness coming out of the PMO. 
right, or sloppiness from something attached to the prime minister's office or a succession in naming lobbyists in question, period. Who cares? And then on the other hand, you know, even with the auto theft summit, when you talk about something that, you know, so many people across Canada, especially those vote rich areas, are really worried about, Trudeau announces a summit, you know, a year after it became a problem. And Pierre Polyev, you know, puts out that video in a platform that people can actually understand and relate to. So if you ask people who are paying a little bit of attention, who actually understands the auto theft problem, who connects emotionally with them, it's not just in Trudeau. So, yes. Shelley, and that's, uh, I'm sorry. It's Go exactly ahead, it, John. It's the relatable uh, uh, quality. And that comes down to every member of parliament, not just the PMO. And and I think, you know, we just went through our experience with the federal government on, on dealing with the asylum-seeking refugees. It took a long time uh, for, for even the local MPs to realize this matters to every Torontonian. I'm not just talking to you from City Hall. This is a deeply felt issue for, for all residents. And so it, it, it really now is the time you've got this last year, get down on the ground and really understand, not just glad hand at banquets, but, but understand what's really going on in the hearts and minds and, and, and then act on it locally and out of the PMO. And they, they've really got to knuckle down and do that, particularly in these densely populated areas where they're, they're possibly losing seats and yet they're so such vote rich places. That's where you've really got to make sure you are relating to the local resident. Yeah, I, I've been through this both as an advisor and, of course, as an elected person. And it is so frustrating, uh, you know, and I say frustrating, not trying to excuse it, uh, when you're trying to sort of get yourself back on track and you keep having these sort of, you know, potholes that you sort of run through, you know, that are stories that you wish weren't around there. And, and then you also but, have this kind of failure. Huh? They're, self, they're self-inflicted, right? Well, Most of these potholes yeah, are, yeah. are his fault. I guess so. I mean, you know, when you look at this, yeah, I mean, they're self-inflicted, but they're just things that sort of come up, you know, that keep coming up. And I guess it's a problem of execution and getting rid of them. And it's a problem of execution and having the good news stories. I mean, even today on the Auto Theft Summit, you have it accompanied not just by the Trudeau Foundation story, but maybe more importantly, by a story that says, and it's not on your list, that says that that most of the people who work at the borders as investigative yes. agents have never received any training as to how to find a stolen car or spot one or see where you might get it or and guns worry me more than stolen cars even and you just say to yourself that like is why God's is that smacker. story yeah it's just not it's not good all right well we'll move on from that um so let's go let's have a let's have a go at the Ontario government for a minute they've got this ad on and this has gone on I mean I've been literally involved in politics for 50 years and throughout the 50 years there's been fuss made from time to time about governments putting ads on that are kind of self-congratulatory and that are meant to sort of lull people into thinking that the world is the greatest thing ever that uh, and that's all thanks to the government of Ontario or whichever government's putting the ad on this new one is one that sort of says well you do want to find a place where milk and honey you know flow freely well you're there and it's in Ontario. It is a bit that way, I must say. I've seen it on TV and heard it on radio. Um, and it's being criticized as a waste of money. And so let's just go through the three of you. Larissa, we'll start with you. This has gone on forever. It's the latest chapter. This government's now doing it. Is it something that somehow somebody should try to do away with or just accept that's politics? I think as long as the ad isn't a partisan ad, it's not an ad for Doug Ford. Um, here's why I'm okay with this ad and I actually think the ad's well done. So kudos to the ad agency that did it. This government has been like really obsessively tracking, uh, tracking, uh, investment into Ontario. And to me, this ad, while it's targeted to Ontarians, 
feels like something that you want other jurisdictions and other um, companies to see, right? If you're a big auto manufacturer, you want to know about the energy supply. You want to know about the roads and the hospitals. That's how that ad read to me. And if you look at this government's track record of how much money they've brought in, you know, billions in EV, life sciences and tech over the last three years, um, that's how that ad read to me. But I'll concede that I was Doug Ford's director of communication. So I'm probably a little biased on this one. No, but I think you're right. And, you know, you made me think of something. And I'll ask you about this, Amanda. I would feel much better. And I don't feel badly about this. I'm so used to it after all these years that I don't even notice. But I would feel better, actually, if they were taking that ad, repurposing it a little bit and running it in Alberta and Quebec, because they're running ads down here saying, come on out here. It's all great. And you should move out here and leave Ontario. I maybe would take that ad, repurpose it and say, if you want to come to a place where things are going well, come on down here. Amanda, is that something that people would find more acceptable? I mean, so we don't have any place for them to live. So well, <laughs> I feel okay, like you can come here, right. but you have to bring your own like RV or <laughs> a tent. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we don't need more tent cities. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I think like, you know, please change, right? All governments do this. I expect the federal liberals will roll out a nice suite of ads right before the election campaign talking about all the benefits and wonderfulness of Canada. Um, it's it's a it's a fine ad. I think you know the, some of the points around EV uh, and you know the it's clean nuclear and all that kind of stuff are good. Um, to be candid, I do think people's perceptions of how like it feel like life feels right now is probably a little bit dissonant from. I think people feel like it's tough right now, um, but. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 if you take issue for this one, you have to take issue with it for with all governments. So I think. This and, and you is know, Amanda, fine. one of the reasons they put them on is because they know people are feeling unsettled. And if you tell people often enough that they're they shouldn't feel unsettled, and things are actually quite good. It will have some impact. That's why. I mean, they they wouldn't run the ads otherwise. I mean, hope, hopefully. Hey, listen, if this would make me feel better, then I'm down for it. I'll listen to it every day. All so right, we'll, we'll Shelly, Shelly, I'm going to rely on you because <laughs> yeah. you're such an honest person. I know that, and you really are. I'm going to ask you if you had if you had the ability to run such ads uh, on behalf of the city of Toronto, because I was the mayor for eight years, and some days I wished I could say to people, look, things are not the way you think they are, and really do explain <laughs> that things are better than you think. And if you had the money, because the city doesn't, I'll concede that point, uh, might you think about the desirability of running an ad like this saying, look, actually, we got a lot going for us here in the city of Toronto, despite our problems and, you know, trying to overcome some of that negativity people have sometimes. Would you run them if you had the money? Go ahead. I'll be dead honest with you, John. I'll be dead honest with you. I actually would. Um, I'm not a conservative. And yet the first time I saw this ad, um, when I looked at it, I actually had my 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 gut reaction was, Yahoo! Um, this is a premier who who knows that a lot of his base probably doesn't think he should spend dime one on climate change, and and yet he's leading with climate change in this ad and talking about how we must do energy retrofits, we must require energy uh, uh, savings in the building of new homes, and so on and so forth. So it's it's really not just a political ad; it's actually an institutional goodwill ad, which is a type of advertising. And let's face it. The liberals do it, and if ever they were in power, the NDP would do it, and all the other parties would say, shame, shame. But that it leaves those suggestions that these are the things that governments have to and do invest in, and you should be glad that they do, is to me the net effect of these ads. Indeed. John? Two headlines. we got to go with the rest, unfortunately. But the two headlines out of this, Man Bites Dog and Shelley Carroll Defends Doug Ford ad. (laughs) 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 Got to go, folks. The clock is on me here, and I'm already screwed up enough today. Thank you very much to Larissa, Amanda, and Shelley. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.